You are listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at UVic. Welcome to Beyond the Jargon. I'm your host today, Liz MacArthur. Joining me in the studio is Leah Callum. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you. Uh, You're doing your master's in fine arts here at the university uh, in writing, specifically playwriting. What sort of led you to UVic? How did you wind up doing, uh, doing this degree here at the university? Well, I did my undergrad, and I only just finished it um, last year. So I actually came to UVic to honestly study poetry. That was my first love, and um, really impractical, I suppose, on many levels. But um, that's what drew me here. And then I started to take writing workshops and got involved with the playwriting and the screenwriting. And although when I first started them, it was like kind of sheer terror (laughs) because it was just very new to me from a writing point of view. Um, But I fell in love with them and just wanted to continue. So I kept taking those workshops as well as the poetry and... Then by the time I graduated, I kind of got a surprise offer to do my master's in the playwriting. And it was a bit of deus ex machina because I wasn't expecting this to drop out of the sky. But um, but it was just a great opportunity. So I'm going with it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about how it's sort of scary to do those workshops um are you talking about like critiques and putting your work on display like that and having people sort of go through it um it is but for me it was just uh playwriting theater of any kind um just the format themselves screenwriting and playwriting were new to me I had never really tried them before till I came to UVic um I sort of am like an armchair actor (laughs) in my life. Um, I mean, I've sung in the past and I've danced. I studied ballet for like nine years and I studied uh, singing for a long time. But um, there was some sort of freakishly shy part of me that has always been this teenage girl who tried to go audition for Cats in high school because I was like, I found all the spandex and fur just super alluring. And <laughs> I tried to go to this audition. It all comes down to this moment, <laughs> I've decided. I tried to go to this audition, and when I walked through those doors into the auditorium, I just, like, panicked, bolted, ran home. And I think ever since then, some part of me has regretted that I didn't just <laughs> try. Right. But I'm this shy, in, introverted person. So instead of acting, um, I find that playwriting is just giving me an opportunity to create the characters and voices for the people who aren't shy (laughs) and just can, you know, hopefully run with it and enjoy it. So Mm -hmm. that's where, I don't know, I got into that through just trying it new. I I guess um, if anyone's trying a new genre of writing and they're a bit terrified of it at the beginning or don't know what they're or feel like they don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. they should just if it calls to them they should just try it and go with it because um it may be for you (laughs) I don't know (laughs) but it's funny that um well okay two things out of that one it's uh, those childhood experiences that sort of 
shape us later in life. I don't know. They're, they're, it's interesting how that can lead to different um, different chapters of our life. Um, do you think that you would ever are you are you content to be like a playwright or uh, now, or would you ever try and go back and do the auditioning again? Do you think? Okay, I think I'm like really good at Ophelia, but like in my bathtub, <laughs> like not, <laughs> not. Uh, I don't think I'd be good at that on the stage just because of the terror, the stage fright and terror, and because I'm, I'm super soft spoken and everything. But I did take um, just some intro acting courses through the theater department in my undergrad, just as electives and for fun, and that kind of helped loosen me up too. I mean. Um, they got us doing improv and trying to act out little plays, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think more than anything, I think more than anything, it feeds the writing and just having that experience. Although some people have suggested or asked if I'd like to do like a one-woman show and take that leap and be that brave, but I don't, I don't know, because <laughs> I'm just. Not really the, I don't know, like it appeals to me in my head, but I'm not classically the super extroverted jump up and down stage person. Right. <laughs> I don't know. All the actors are going to be all offended by my, like, you know, yeah. I'm a quiet person. So. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think, yeah, it definitely takes a certain type of personality to do those things. Um, what does your master's project look like? Are you writing one play? Are you dissecting an already written play? What are you doing? I'm writing a two-act play in theory, although it's really, really early stages. Um I did a one-act play last, uh, gosh, I'm already losing track of time. Well, it was <laughs> early in the year anyway, um, which was originally going to be my thesis, but it kind of called The Daughter of Turpentine, and it ended up being put on by Satco at the Phoenix. But it kind of feels like it's just a one-act play. Like, I don't really feel it can go further than that. So, um that was an amazing experience, but I'm going to try to do a two-act play. And it's all about Russia because, <laughs> because I just honestly have always been drawn to Russia for some weird reason. I don't really know why because I'm not Russian or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just writing about sort of past historical figures um, Sort of a surreal, I always do kind of surreal or magically realistic kind of plots, but I do them so that they're, they're really about human beings and the magical realism part or the weird part, well, it's partly for entertainment, hopefully, but it's mm. also just a way of like communicating, communicating like a, a human aspect. I'm not trying to go wildly into fantasy and mm -hmm. craziness, but so much as it's just my way of navigating an idea. Anyways, I'm getting off the topic. <laughs> um, since everything kind of went to hell in Russia recently <laughs> with mm -hmm. the Ukraine, um, my focus has changed a bit. And I started off with two characters um, from the past, Anastasia Romanov and uh, Stalin's daughter, actually. And they meet each other on the other side after Stalin's daughter, Lana Peters, dies. Um, and Anastasia Romanov is sort of her guardian angel. Um, but they don't like each other. 
Hmm. Um, but it's like a starting point for addressing where, I hope, where Russia is now. And um, particularly I'm aiming for talking about gay rights. So hmm. um, I feel <sighs> the story kind of is taking on its own direction. And right now I'm not totally firm on where that's going, but it sort of deals with freedom to express yourself spiritually, um, sexually, physically, artistically, just individually as a human being, Mm -hmm. kind of wrapped up in this strange metaphor of (laughs) the afterlife, the Russian afterlife. I don't know (laughs) how else to say it. It's like I'm using historical, ideally I'm using historical figures, but they're not really about the history so much as I hope they'll be more universal, that they're just people. So mm-hmm. they're a starting point for that. I mean, if the, yeah, if those are your topics, the freedom of expression and gay rights and things like that, I mean, being drawn to Russia will make this probably easy to to build that kind of material. Yes, I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find it fascinating, and it's going to be very challenging, and I'm going to have to do tons of research. Um But also the characters just, like, I find my best writing happens when the characters just um, start speaking to me on their own as well creatively. If I get really stuck in, wrapped up in history or what I think sounds good in a concept or a moral or something like that, it gets really stiff and starchy and isn't such a good... It isn't always good. It doesn't flow well. But if you let the characters kind of guide you as to what they want, I mean, I even had this summer, I had a sort of a dream where the two main characters were fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. And I was actually one of the characters. <laughs> and they had a fight. And so then when I woke up, I'm like, okay, I think I need to take this in this direction. So although it's nice to have a vision, mm-hmm. I kind of have to let the uh, the play take over a bit too. I don't know and see where it goes, where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. So, The creative process is very sort of mysterious and interesting. The idea that you can talk about your own characters that you have created as speaking to you and, um, and directing you almost when they are sort of extensions of yourself. How does that work and uh, how do you I guess, interact with those parts of yourself that those characters are coming out of? Well, that's kind of the fun part, because although they can be inspired by real people who lived, and that's kind of a terror, too, because I worry about if that ever actually got on the stage, if people would judge that. Oh, it's not historically accurate. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But really, they are are pieces of you as well, and they give you that uh, sort of... Well, a lot of writers hate it when you talk about catharsis in your writing. They really do. I don't know why, but I actually do find it cathartic that I get to process. I get to move through things in my own life that are appropriate to the story. I mean, um, through these characters. And it's, for me, when I write a play, it's like putting on the costumes and... um, It's like role-playing. I really am becoming that character, but... You're, it gives you freedom at the same time to express things in yourself that maybe you don't feel free to express in your own life. Um, so like my one character is very sort of, 
uh, uptight and um, a little self-righteous and uh, a little full of herself, I guess. And um, I don't know. So I get to sort of have fun with this sort of superiority complex. But at the same time, she's secretly helping this girl. She just Mm -hmm. does it in a very blunt kind of way. (laughs) Um, She's kind of lived her life all being protected from the rest of the world, and so she lacks some sense of social grace, I guess. (laughs) Um, Although she's a princess. Um, And then the other character is, well, I've been told by one of my profs she sounds like Betty Davis, so (laughs) she's pretty cranky and down-to-earth and um, um, sort of making fun of the other one because she's a virgin and just going for all the sore points about because she's had many men and uh, arguing about religion and all kinds of things, getting in Mm -hmm. arguments. Anyways, these are all kinds of strange... They're not me, and yet they're all little bits of me that I can play with and Mm -hmm. just go to town with. That in real life, I would never, like, behave like that. (laughs) I would just... You know, not. <laughs> but. So then you take this, uh, these aspects, little bits of yourself that you get to play with and explore. And you said that uh, the Phoenix Theater put on one of your, your earlier play. Um, obviously different subject matter, but I, I'm guessing that sort of similar parts of you are embedded in the play. Is it then difficult to see actors take that and then go wild with it? Or like, how involved are you? Are are you like right in there saying like, no, that's not the way it is? Or actually, no. Surprisingly, I loved it and I enjoyed it so much. It is really nerve wracking, but it was mostly like they allowed me to sit in on a lot of the process, and we actually did rewrites together. Um, and I, I did rewrites almost up to the last minute with them, but it wasn't because, it's because I wanted to make it the best that it could be for them. And I might have driven them crazy a bit with that. <laughs> but um, they, no, it's kind of like, it was a surreal experience. It was like watching, kind of like watching Dr. Frankenstein bring like the dead to life kind of thing Hmm. because it was just this flat one-dimensional fantasy in my head I guess or story and then suddenly people are larger than life acting it out um it actually kind of well in this experience it kind of became um uh the characters became more precious to me because these people were taking them so seriously (laughs) into heart and Mm -hmm. trying to breathe life into them. Um, I think it's a great experience because I saw how some of them didn't translate as well off the page. And so I had to rewrite one of the main characters, Jake, I totally rewrote Mm. in many ways because he just was not right. Um, But through hearing the actor struggle with lines and things I finally I feel like I finally got his voice how I wanted it um but it's nerve-wracking but it's nerve-wracking more on a you I worry that people will not enjoy my work but I don't didn't worry about the actors at all I thought that they if anything made it 100% better so Mm. you know yeah did you get feedback from people who saw the play and uh, and hear what they thought about it? 
Some feedback. Um, it seemed to be very positive um, overall. I didn't, I mean, if there was negative feedback, I did not get to hear it, <laughs> which maybe is good or bad. I don't know. Um, I mean, I got a sense of what worked in it myself and what didn't, what were the better parts and what weren't. Um, but overall, the the um, studio was full and people seemed to enjoy it. Actually, I was sitting next to, the one time I did worry was I was sitting next to this young woman and she started crying during it. It's like a pretty intense um, play because it is about a girl who is brought up to believe that she is a fairy tale princess in the woods and she's like, God, I can't believe I'm using the word like. That is so, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, sorry, Yuvik. Okay. <laughs> she is, um, she's basically being held hostage by this man mm-hmm. and who ends up being her father, but she doesn't know that. And in reality, she's not a princess at all. This is just all a lie that he made up to keep her under control and, and there's incest in it. So... At the end of the play, um, this young woman beside me was crying, and I really (laughs) felt bad. I was like, I really hope that this is, like, a good thing for you and not that I've just shredded your soul (laughs) because that would not be good. Mm. So I don't know. Like, I still will – I'll probably always remember that person and wonder – you know, if that was a good experience for her to get out of her system or whether I traumatized her. I don't know, honestly. Hmm. I hope not. But um, how does an experience like that influence you perhaps like in future work? Are you keeping that in mind? Like, is there a line that you think I, you know, I don't want to traumatize my audience? Yes, there definitely is. I mean, I think one of the challenges with drama that I'm learning is that you're always being encouraged to take risks and to push the envelope. If you don't, you're cliched and you're boring. And it's like being boring in theater is the worst thing you probably can be. Mm -hmm. So you try really hard to constantly push the edges and experiment. And of course, drama is all about conflict. So you're always throwing stuff in there. How can I heighten this and make people uncomfortable to some degree? Because if you don't, I mean, what the hell's going on? Why are we watching this? But um, but at the same time, yeah, sometimes I'll, how far is too far? And that's definitely with that play for sure. And it will be with this one in Russia too, because, um, yeah, I think honestly, when I start writing, I just have to not think about too much limitations or how people might judge it because if you start censoring yourself you can't be creative so you just have to let it go throw it whatever you want on the page and then as you're editing it decide you know yeah just decide when is the fine point of okay that tension is really great now it's time to pull back versus okay you've gone way too far it's melodrama now we're into the young and the restless this is just not (laughs) Not good, you know, so mm-hmm. no offense to the young and the restless, but um, yeah, mm. it's it's that balance and I'm still, you know, learning with that and struggling with that, so. 
As far as your writing process for your your two-act play, how far along are you right now? I've finished a rough draft of the first act, um, and I'm actually trying to rewrite that at the moment. Mm. And that usually, for me, involves a lot of weird reimagining of things, like with the set, and I'm like, okay, what if they were inside a Fabergé egg? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I just try the weirdest reimagining of things just to see what I can come up with. But um, I have, like, usually I have an arc to the end that I have in mind, so I don't know how the whole thing is going to play out bit by bit, but I have a finishing, closing image and an idea of how I want it to resolve and just the general tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually write pretty dark stuff, but there is a lot of dark humor in it. So, mm-hmm. And I also struggle between... I struggle between going really dark and just being... I could almost go so like light that it's farce sometimes, <laughs> like over-the-top farce. Mm-hmm. So I'm still struggling with in this draft, where, what the tone is overall, I guess. How, yeah, how dark am I going to go? Hmm. Or where are the light parts going to be? So, you know, but by the end of the summer, I hope to have a full first draft, both acts. And um, then next year, I'll be working on it all year <laughs> with my um, supervisor. So, hmm. Um, where does all the dark material come from? Why do you write such dark stuff? (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know. Um, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's kind of that still waters run deep thing, maybe. (laughs) Like, I'm a pretty quiet, reserved person. Um, but I have a lot of stuff going on in my head, and, uh... I don't know. I find myself most at home with um, dark stories. I can't really say why. Hmm. Um, I think, well, I've had, without getting too melodramatic, I've had a lot of uh, sort of painful things happen in my life, and uh, uh, mostly around health issues and things I... I had cancer a few year, a couple years ago, and hmm. I don't know. Just a lot of things have happened, and um, I suppose they happened to everybody. But it for me, I get a lot of it out through the drama mm-hmm. and through or through through my writing on the page. And I also just enjoy reading dark things too. Like that's what I gravitate towards. So um, one of the books that I was reading a lot or that kind of inspired when I was writing Daughter of Turpentine was Lolita. So, um, you know, I like sort of weird warped, (laughs) (laughs) but poetic things like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just who I am, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to be going home and thinking about this like for days. I don't know. Um, were you, were you attracted to dark stuff as a kid? I've met people who've had trauma in their lives and sometimes that does change your person or not your personality, but your, um, like your sense of humor or, uh, or being able to appreciate maybe material that might be more challenging to someone who doesn't necessarily or hasn't necessarily had to deal with hardship. 
Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but in a way, dark humor has helped me survive through things. Sometimes I actually say jokes. I think I say things or 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 write things on the page or even tweet things, and I think people think I'm serious, but I'm actually just doing dark humor. Like I'm actually almost kind of making fun of myself or life or whatever. But um, it's almost like a survival tactic. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, like, I'm drawn to fairy tales, and I've always been drawn to stuff like that, but not in a, like, lightweight Disney kind of way, although I loved Disney growing up, but more of a, ooh, this is... This is dark. This is gonna be good. <laughs> this is, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is not coming through right. Maybe I'm not sort of sure more like the Maleficent side of the story. Yeah, yeah. Like I did write a little screenplay um, um, in screenwriting fourth year, where it was uh, it was actually Sleeping Beauty, but she had come out of her. Uh, I treated it as that she'd been in a hundred year coma, mm-hmm. and. She. This was after the happily ever after. So now she's actually fed up with her life with the prince and uh, is depressed and <laughs> making his life a living hell. And um, they have to go back and and sort out that she's traumatized from the initial attack with the thorn, and she has to work through that before she can be happy again. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I think I think just thinking about that, the reason why I like to write that is um, I just like to give people room to be human, that they don't have to be perfect and they don't have to be Miss Mary Sunshine all the time, that there are, that it's great to be positive and fun and have the humor, but there's shadows to us and that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's within reason. <laughs> that's okay to express that. And so I think my characters are always... my female characters are always struggling with feeling like they're allowed to express that shadow side and not have to apologize for it or or kill it that they can you know have the darkness as well as as well as the sugary light so Hmm. that that's like being human is that balance and that's Okay. Anyways, I think there's an appetite for that, though. I think there's a real appetite. Like if you read in the media uh, blogs that call out magazines that airbrush models, for instance, like make people look perfect. And the idea that a lot of us grew up with Disney princesses and um, I've seen articles now like Disney lied to me and I have these weird (laughs) expectations of what my life should be, that kind of thing. Well, I think... It's taken me a while, and it sounds really cliched, but I think that I'm just coming to grips with that now. <laughs> like, um, as far as even romance, I really grew up, you know, buying into that, loving the romantic hero figure, just the Prince Charming, the... I, I loved musicals growing up, and I loved Phantom of the Opera, and, you know, just all these kinds of romantic heroes who are going to come in and save the day and be super romantic. And Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's really nice, but it's also just not reality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and, um, I actually just watched Frozen, which I know is like all the rage right now. (laughs) I haven't actually seen it and I don't even know what it's about. Okay. Well, I don't watch a lot of cartoons anymore, but, Mm -hmm. um, 
But I did watch that because one of my profs actually said, have you watched that? And I'm like, no, okay, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but well, at the end, it's actually the women, the, the women who save each other instead of the man saving them mm. for a change. And um, that was just really, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit it, but that was really moving watching that. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's really, really nice. You had a little feminist so, moment. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I mean, I've kind of, I consider myself a feminist, but I also admit that I have this serious romantic streak and that is uh, constantly mm-hmm. at odds with that maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm wrestling with that all the time in my writing. So hmm. I'm not against romance. I love romance, but not if it's paralyzing you <laughs> as a woman. <laughs> And you can't, you know, find your own freedom and power and voice. So, you know, I guess is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, holy cow. We're pretty much out of time here. Okay. Um, I just want to ask you, so uh, when do you expect to be totally done your master's? I hope a year from now. So that's what I'm planning. I mean, it depends how the writing process goes and <laughs> how rocky it is. And um course I've got to get feedback on drafts I'll go through many many drafts and I've got to feel good about it myself before I defend my thesis so mm. put on like armor and go defend it <laughs> but um hopefully in a year so it'll be and then who knows what after that so <laughs> but. all right well thank you so much for being my guest today oh, thank you and I'd like to talk to you again about it once you're uh, you're done okay thank you so much Thanks for listening to Beyond the Jargon. If you want to listen again, go to our website, cfuv.uvic.ca, and click on the Listen tab.